0: I'm Pete McCall, your host for the Idea Empowered Entrepreneur Podcast. On this episode, I want to speak about the role that master trainers play in the fitness industry and whether or not becoming a master trainer would be right for you in your fitness career. Master trainers are those people that travel, lately, it's been around the world. They travel around the world to teach workshops, whether it's how to use a piece of equipment, a certification program, or just general information about exercise science. But they deliver one-day, two-day, even three-day workshops to train you, the fitness professional, how to get better at your craft. Master trainers also teach at fitness conferences. My first guest is someone I've gotten to know at a variety of different conferences. And actually, we just spent a few days together in Shanghai for the first ever Idea Fitness Conference in Shanghai, China. Michael Piercy was the 2017 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. He runs a fitness studio in northern New Jersey called The Lab. He actually made the transition. Michael used to be an amateur, well, not amateur, but he was a professional minor league baseball player, and he trained at a high level to prepare for his sport, and he took his interest, he took his passion, and applied it to the fitness industry. Over the past number of years, besides establishing and running a successful business, Michael has really grown and developed and flourished as a top-level master trainer and top-level presenter. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how Michael got involved in the master training field, what it does for him, and and how it kind of enhances his career. We want to talk a little bit about the process. How does one become a master trainer? And how does that help you? If you're a studio owner, if you're a trainer, can being a master trainer help you with your business? Well, that's exactly what Michael and I are going to talk about today. In addition to Mike, I also sit down with Rick Ritchie and Aaron Draguchewski, they're both master trainers for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Now, this conversation is a little bit interesting because they had actually invited me to be on their podcast. Rick and Drogo, as his nickname is, Rick and Drogo hosts the Omnia Fitness Podcast out of New York. They're also partners in an interesting studio concept called Recover, which focuses on, you may guess it, the recovery side of fitness. So in our conversation, Rick, Drogo, and I discuss how they became master trainers and how that helps them with their studio business. On this episode of The Idea Empowered Entrepreneur, you're gonna learn more about master trainers, what we do, and whether or not being a master trainer could help you enhance your business and your position in the fitness industry. Hi, I'm Pete McCall with The Idea Empowered Entrepreneur and I'm here today with Mike Piercy, owner of The Lab and the 2017 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. Hey Mike, how stoked were you to receive that award uh, from Idea?
1: Oh man, it's stoked is not even a word to give. You, you know, with that, that's that's something that you know I could. I guess it's something that you really can't really even put into perspective in words. It was it was a really great experience, and it was a great experience for me and my family to be a part of. Um, I've always been a big fan of Idea and everything that they do. It's you know a couple. I look at a couple organizations throughout like the time that I've been. In this this industry and have been kind of awesome and really been like life changing for me. Ideas, one of those I remember going in my first idea show and leaving saying I'm never I, I never want to miss those ever again. Um, so that was like some like a, a it's a award that. I always, you know, wanted to win or be a part of since I knew it existed. So it was really like a dream come true, but even a better experience than I could ever even imagine. It's been such a, you know, kind of game changer for me in my career. So I'm just, you know, I, I wouldn't even be able to put in accurate words how much that meant to me.
0: Well, and, and that, I can kind of guess that because that really it's it's a good kind of it's a good recognition. But you've been doing this for a long time and you have a really cool story you know, when we were hanging out recently. You were telling me the story about how you you first got into personal training. What was it? How did your family help you get involved in the fitness industry?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's a, it's a, oh, I don't know how funny it is. It's just a weird story growing up in like Hillside, Irvington, New Jersey. You got those creative parents who kind of want to keep you out of trouble, and it's cool that they identified the interest in me because basically, uh, hanging out with my mom on a weekend or my dad. Essentially, if you hung out with my mom, you hung out in the mall, basically. So. um you know, you couldn't always buy a toy, but you could always buy a book, and uh, I, you know, took advantage of that as much as I could. So I spent most of my life in, like, Walden books and B. Dalton and things like that when they existed. And, um, you know, I bought fitness books. So at 15 in Jersey and I'm sure around the rest of the world probably, too, you get working papers. And my mom, you know, she figured, hey, I'll get him a fitness job since he looks like he enjoys push-ups. So, um, she she went into a Bally's Total Fitness, which was in uh, Springfield, New Jersey, and she said, "Hey, can my son get a job?" And they told her, "Well, he needs to, you know, have a certification." And uh, so she called up a certifying agency after kind of, you know, looking through the phone book or whichever way you look through back back in the day, and uh, said, "Can my son take the test?" originally they said no he needs to have a high school diploma and you know basically I tell people and most of the time the joke is I said it's the the way to get all doors to open in fitness is just say "I'll, I'll pay you more money so that's what she did and you know they let me take it and I ended up getting my first fitness certification at like 15 16 years old I went to work for Bally's, and you know ever since then it's always been a it was a love of mine before then, but I kinda, you know, picked it up. It's something that I always there was never really a break. Even when I played professional baseball and things like that in the off season I would come home and, you know, I would train people. So I've had a lot of clients that have been there along that road, but you know, fitness and personal training has been a huge, you know, proponent of my life. I I'm probably a lifer. Well,
0: you know. And on that note, how long have you been how long you've been in, in the business? How long have you been helping people get fit?
1: Ooh. So I'd say about probably 15, over 20 something years now. So uh, to be kind to myself, probably, <laughs> probably over 20 something years.
0: So. Well, that's because that, that's important because one of the things that I want listeners to understand is you can have a career. You know, this is just, I think a lot of people might get into fitness, Mike, and they might mm-hmm. go, well, this is just a job. Or this is what I'm doing right now. But you've been yep. able to make it a career because – you mentioned something. I know you played a little bit of professional baseball. How did that, how did being being a part of a professional baseball team help you become better, or help you transition when you're ready to get into this as a career? How did it help you with that transition?
1: Uh, transition is a great word. It's something that I, I you know, when you look at athletes and things like that i always would tell my family when i come out i say athletes they they, they die two deaths because you have, you it's the death when you know that 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 part of your life is over and it's where do you go from there so i think that i've had some success especially training athletes and helping them transition to other things because of my own transition and um I, you know, it's, it's kind of light to say transition. Cause I've always been in the fitness, like I don't have an, I got hurt story. Like most of the athletes will give you like, I got it kind of like, I got to a point where I realized that this is, this is not as, you know, what it used to be. And it's probably time for me to start looking at some different things. That's a whole nother show in itself. <laughs> but it, it really is. But at the end it was like, you know, I made that decision to come back home and, um, And I kind of fell right back into it, you know, and at that time, you know, it's great for me. I, you know, I look at it as a career, but it really, if you say what, you know, did I take away from the baseball thing or what, you know, with that transition is, it gave me my first element to really working with athletes because I really had, um, I had the athletic background and I learned a lot by just trying to train myself. I really couldn't, you know, afford to get much help. And, you know, so it was like studying and a lot of the athletic stuff I learned on my own you know, how to put together programs and things like that. So, you know, teammates, you know, would basically come to me like, hey, what are you doing or how are you doing this stuff? What it is? What's this routine you're going through? You know, so it got me a chance to work with a lot of like my heroes. So I worked with Ricky Henderson, who was a hero of mine, Lance Johnson, who was, you know, one of one of my biggest heroes, you know, growing up and a lot of other names like that because I played with those guys. So it was pretty awesome.
0: And you use that information. It's interesting that you take that, you take that experience, you apply that to being a trainer. And now the other thing I want to ask you about, Mike, is that you're also a master trainer as well. Because I want to go into a little bit about A, how you became a master trainer. And then B, how does that help you with with what you do as a business owner and as a personal trainer? So how'd you get started uh, in being a master trainer? And who do you work with?
1: You know, extensively, most of a lot of times people identify me with TRX, and I've had a chance to work with uh, you know, I actually the first company I had a chance to work with as a master trainer was uh Combine 360. So, which I would tell a lot of people, like, it, it, it there's a, a lot of the, the questions I'll get when I teach courses is people will say, How can I become a master trainer? How can I become a master trainer? How can I become a master trainer? And that was never really something that I thought about much, Pete. It was like I really just wanted to really be as good as I could be on the suspension trainer, and there was a lot of people that I kind of looked up to. Um, I'd say I work with TRX, I work with uh, Matrix MX4, I work with Under Armour, um, but the one that's probably been the most influential that got me kind of started on the road that I was on was um, TRX, and that started with me... Um, there was a global training symposium, and this is kind of an enveloped story, but there was a global training symposium sponsored by Under Armour at the time. And I really didn't have a whole lot of money to go. So I kind of used all the vacation time and actually, you know, got somebody to help me out originally in hopes to pay him back. And I went to this global training symposium in, in Florida. And um a lot of you know my association with a lot of brands started there. I was involved with just trying to get better at it and I had put in applications to be part of the instructor team and I put in a couple of applications and when I got to uh that global training symposium I had a chance to see some of the people who are, uh you know involved with the program one of them Fraser Quelch uh Chris Franklin those guys and part of my original conversation was I just wanted to know how could I make the the application better you know it wasn't like hey how can i be a master trainer which you see so so regularly now it was really like what would make you guys pay attention to this application you know what i mean and and that was how the conversation really
0: started let me let me let me pause right there mike cuz that's one of the yeah. things one of the things i want to point out, point out for listeners so you're mm-hmm. asking them for feedback before you even really got a chance to teach you're asking for how you could improve just the part of the application so you could join the team correct you know i wanted to be instructive but I knew, for me, I think that when I
1: have this conversation and I talk to people nowadays, um, I think that it has to come from a place of how passionate are you about the tool, you know? So the thing is, I never wanted to be, I, I make this joke a lot of time with with our colleagues and things like that. Like at this point, I don't want to be NASCAR. I don't want to have a whole bunch of stickers on me from a whole bunch of brands. I want to have like, you know, things that I'm really passionate about that I want to get a whole lot better at that. And then when I look at it from a master trainer's perspective, I try to look at it as a way of giving back to an industry that's given so much to me, you know, and that's when I look at when I teach a TRS course, I want it to be fun. I want people to learn from it, but I want them to feel like, hey, you know, this is something that's important because you can go out and affect other people. Um, but when we come back to like your original question and where you wanted me to go, you um, when I looked at it, it was, yeah, I wanted to join the instructor team and I wanted to disseminate education and teach people. But I really wanted to know how far, how, how much better I could be, you know, on the suspension trainer.
0: And now how long have you been a part of the team?
1: Ooh, so that was two days ago. It was seven years. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's been seven years. It's funny. I was with Randy Hetrick last night because TRX had a Bloomingsdale's. event. They're doing oh, I saw,
0: Yeah, I saw that. I saw the, uh, the information on that.
1: Yeah, there's a pop-up shop in Bloomingdale's in New York City, 59th Street, which is pretty amazing if you if you think about it. That's like kind of like the mecca of shopping, and so um, yeah. No, I was just saying the same thing to him. You know, seven years of a brand that's done so much. You know, for me in my career, you know, to change how you know my trajectory or you know the the places that I've gone. So it's been pretty cool.
0: And and, and who have been your influences? Now that you've been doing this a little bit, and I know you, you've spoken at some conferences, you've taught the workshops. Who has influenced you and helped you become, you know, a better, a better instructor, a better educator? Wow. So
1: you, you would be on that list, man. You've done so much for education and a lot of stuff that I've read. You know, it's been, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody when we were in China and I think it was uh, Irene McCormick and it was funny because we were saying every time I, anytime I want to Google something, you know, a lot of times it'll arrive on something you wrote. So you've been, you know, awesome. And that's, you know, I appreciate you and all you do. Um, if I talk about like influences, there's there's so many. You know, for TRX, it, you know, Fraser gave me my start and my original shot to uh, be an instructor. You know, the the great thing about that one is you had to kind of earn. You know, your stripes, and I think that everywhere you go, that's the process that you want to have. You want to be able to earn it. You don't just come in and become a master. You come in and you're a course instructor, and you got to learn and you got to grind. You got to you know you know make an impact and things like that. So Fraser you know, has been one, Chris Frankel was one, Todd Durkin, obviously, you know, one of my first mentorships I went to was with him, Larry Indiviglia, who I mentioned when I gave, you know, that opening speech has, you know, been, you know, a a coach for me, a person to ask me the right questions, you know, throughout my career. Um, it's it's, it's, It's been a lot, you know, I followed Douglas Brooks and Pete Twist and all these guys that, you know, you see now that you're at these conferences with, and they've been such amazing influences. And when I started, those were a lot of people that you know took time to talk and you know kind of helped me on my path to where I was going.
0: And then now, as a business owner and as a trainer, how is being a master trainer? Has that been, has that been a resource? Is that something that that you use to help market yourself, or is it something that you don't really share that much with clients? I mean, how does it help you with your your day to day business, Mike?
1: Uh, well, the funny thing is TRX has always been a part of my business. It, it was part of, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, so when I first came into the industry, I've always, did, you know, it was been no big secret to anybody who knew me. I always wanted to own my own facility because um, I wanted to have a training home that kind of represented my philosophy and my values. And I wanted to have a place where I, I've had a lot of people who've been really good people. And um, I wanted them to be treated well, but I wanted them to have the best of things, the best, you know, kind of. Um, newest methodologies, you know, newest equipment, fun things to come into. So I always wanted to have that. And TRX was a big part of that because I looked at them, you know, as I wanted it to be a functional thing. Um, and, and and the way I see it is they were the leaders in functional education. And being a master trainer has been, you know, a, a huge part of my business, because if you look at putting together a business, a lot of it, has always been part of it teaching courses and things like that that's been a part of like the revenue stream and it's always been uh education has been a huge proponent of everything that i'm about in this industry because it's such a wild. it it can be such a wild wild west when we look at it because there's some there's not a lot of regulation yet hopefully you know i'm hoping that that changes in the future that it becomes something that's you know more regulated than it is um, but you're really at the mercy of your own devices when it comes to education. So if you want to be the best, you can go out and be the best, but there's a lot of people that that's not part of their value system, you know, unfortunately, so you can run into different things. So for me, I wanted this place to be a place where, um, fitness professionals could come and get quality education as well. So I, I think when they go to courses and, and they go to the conventions and places like that, you know, when they have somebody like yourself, you know, um, get up and talk about, you know, energy system development, exercise science, physiology, and different things like that. There's a lot of people can learn, you know, and it's needed every day because your basic certification isn't teaching a lot of the, you know, things that they need to know to train a client who might have special needs and circumstances. So being a master trainer, I wanted to always be able to bring that next level of education, not only to my people, but to be able to have a place that I could host and, and kind of give back to the profession. So I, Hopefully that answers the question. No, that, that,
0: that's you know that's perfect because it, it does. I I do see it as a way to enhance your credibility. And when, anytime you start speaking, you know, in front of your peers, no matter which business you're in, you could be in yeah. banking, you could be in you know in the law, in the law profession, legal profession. But you start speaking in front of your peers, it forces you to to work to get better. How hard have you like? How hard have you studied, and, and what have you done? What techniques have you done to stay on top of your game so you you feel confident? Standing up in front of a, in front of your peers at, when you're with, whether you're at a workshop or teaching at a conference.
1: You know what? It, it's funny. It's a it's a process, and and then I, I also I didn't mention earlier, but I, I have a chance now. You know, just recently I, I'm working with Headstrom a good amount too as a as a master trainer for them. Um, but how does it enhance your education? I think that you know it, there's another level, and you could you could attest to this as well. Um, if you want to really learn something, try to teach it to somebody else. You know, and then it it, it makes it a necessary, I, I say, a necessary evil, a necessary thing that you know down to the detail what exactly you're talking about. They, I, I forgot, I don't know if it's an Einstein quote. It might be his, or I'll figure out who it was originally. But they say um, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. You know, <laughs>
0: that, that's a good so, one. And, and I have to say that that's too Mike. Why I got into it is selfishly I wanted to learn more. You know, I was, yeah. a, I was a little punk when I got in this industry and I thought I knew <laughs> I had, I had earned a certification. I'm like, I know, you know I very quickly. I realized I didn't know squat and, yeah. uh, I, I just wanted to learn more and be able to do that. So we're getting ready to wrap up here. How can people find out start following you? I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're, top at, you know, you're, you're top master trainer for a number of different brands. You were recognized as the top personal trainer, you know, by idea in 2017, If people want to start learning a little bit more about you and and kind of model what you've done, where where can they follow you? How can they do that?
1: I would tell you Instagram's a great one. I try to stay regularly on social media as much as I can. So it's at Michael Piercy on Instagram. Twitter is the same thing. Um, Facebook is just my name. Um, Should they need anything, you know, there's always your your web addresses. So I I got uh, www.thelabsports.com and there's also mikepiercy.com. Um, and and those are good resources that I'm building a little bit more and trying to do a little bit more content for, um, but those are just the usual channels. And then I try to be involved with ideas as much as I can. If I get a chance to be at the, the conferences and conventions with content, I'm always trying to put out some new stuff. So those are the best ways to connect with me. But on social media, I would tell you, Hey, stay Instagram and Facebook are two of my main places that I hang out most of the time. So at Michael Piercy. On Instagram, and you can also go to the websites and stuff if you want to check that stuff out.
0: All right, man. Hey, thanks for your time, Jay, Mike. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, brother. I always appreciate to be on, when she's awesome. Hi, it's Pete again. In addition to that conversation with Mike Piercy, I also caught up with Rick Ritchie and Aaron Dragachowski. They're NASM master trainers, and they're also business partners in the Recover Fitness Studio in New York City. Now, most of the time when you think of working out or a fitness studio, you think of actually doing hard work, of sweating. Well, recover, just as name suggests, is a completely different approach. Drogo, which is Aaron's nickname, and Rick decide to develop a whole different concept of studio where clients come to them to work on the post-exercise recovery or to prepare for the next hard workout. Now, keep in mind that this conversation happens at the end of the podcast that we just recorded. So, Rick and Drogo are the hosts of the Omnia Fitness Podcast, and they had invited me to be a guest on the podcast. And I asked just one little thing of them. I wanted to ask a few questions about how they became master trainers for NASM and how that has helped them with their business. So, what you're about to hear are some very important insights from two just phenomenal guys, two phenomenal people in the fitness industry. Now, a little side note, I have known Rick. I've had the pleasure of knowing Rick for probably about 15 years. He and I worked on the same master trainer team all the way back in the early 2000s. And for listeners, that's one way that you can get started in master training. Rick and I both worked for Townsports International, a large health club operator on the East Coast. I was a master trainer in the Washington, D.C. region, and Rick was a master trainer in New York City. And we were both responsible for teaching both in-house education and for teaching the NASM certification to Townsports International staff. That's how Rick and I developed And I talk about that a little bit because the work that we did 15 years ago was basically setting the stage for where we are now. Rick and I spent our weekends in various studios for New York sports clubs or Washington sports clubs, respectively, teaching workshops to our peers. That's how we developed the skill to be able to stand in front of other fitness professionals. Because when you stand in front of a room and you're teaching a workshop as a presenter, a master trainer, or anything in the fitness industry, You have to have confidence. You have to have confidence in your ability to effectively communicate what you're trying to get across. And one thing that I always tell people that are interested in being master trainers, that are interested in being educators, is it's not about you. It's not. It's not about you. It's about the content you're delivering. Are you there to deliver certification like Rick and Drogo? They teach the NASM certification. Other master trainers like Mike work for specific product companies like TRX. If you want to be a presenter, it's not about you. It's about the product. It's about the company. It's about who you are representing. Your job is to get that information across the audience. Your job is to educate and inform the audience and get them excited. Get them interested. If you're teaching a certification, get them interested in learning more so they can help more people. If you're teaching a product, it's about the product. It's not about your background or your skill, whatever you may or may not have done in the industry or outside you're there to help them learn how to use that product so they can go out and help other people. If you have that mindset and you want to get into master training, you'll be successful. Make it about the program that you're teaching. Make it about the product that you're teaching. Make it about the certification. Make it about helping people. Anytime I'm in front of an audience, I think about how can I help them help others? My job as a master trainer, my job as an educator is to help the audience help you, the fitness professional, become better at your job. The better you become at your job, the more people you can help in classes, workout programs, and everything that you do in your daily life. So in this conversation with Rick and Drogo, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about what it took for them to become master trainers for the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and they discuss how it's helped them and their current business. This is a great conversation with Rick Ritchie and Aaron Drogachuski, co owners of the Recover Studio in Manhattan, master trainers for NASM, and all around great fitness professionals. And I do a little podcast for them um, about entrepreneur issues in the fitness industry. And I mentioned this to to them a little bit before, but I want to ask them a couple questions about their experience in the fitness industry, specifically related to being a master trainer. And I think this is important because I know you've probably talked about it with your listeners, but can you explain what it is that you do as a master trainer? Because I think that's a lot of listeners don't understand what that is, your listeners, and why that's important, and why because I mean, it gives you more authority to have a voice for your podcast.
2: I think to to be clear on where we are as a master trainer is we we educate uh, the fitness industry. So we and and you know I've I've never really been fond of the term
3: master, master. trainer, <laughs> uh,
2: but I do it's like Metallica. Think, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But I do think that uh, you know, as, if, if we're going to just stay with that name, then let's go forward and talk about what that means to me um, is really a master trainer would be a master instructor or an instructor where we work with professionals within the fitness industry to educate them about exercise science. And I believe that since I've been in that role and and Pete, that's how you and I know each other yeah, yeah. is uh, many years ago, working together uh, as educators and faculty members um, uh, for a large fitness organization in New York city. Uh, I was in New York city. You worked for the same company in DC and I think in Boston as well, right?
0: Uh, Boston, I went to go work for the company that, that sold uh, the Reebok sports club to, to Equinox. Uh, so it was, uh, it was sports club LA and, yeah, I went and went there, but yeah. So, so go ahead. So you did that. And then Aaron, what's your background in, in being a master trainer?
2: Yeah. So,
3: you know, we, we can tie it back to a conversation we had about Instagram. So for me, you know, the value comes in, in two different parts. So there's the facade of my title, you know, the doors that that opens people, mm-hmm. people will listen to me because like, Oh, well you're, you're an educator for NASM. Um, I look at that as You know, in a very loose capacity, like somebody who has, you know, really amazing Instagram presence. Um, you know that that will open a lot of doors. You know, you've got a hundred thousand followers. This and the other thing, but where the real value comes in for me, and in being an educator for NASM, uh, was the education that I had to get to become so. Oh, because unlike Instagram, you know, in spite of your two hundred thousand followers, whatever text is underneath your photos is probably void of content. You know, and where I fill in the blanks, or where I like to think I fill in the blanks, is. You know, the the onboarding process and the amount of work that went in and not just being able to regurgitate the OPT model, you know, and understanding planes of motion and this and that, but going to Arizona and having to work on my public speaking, really working on every facet of what it takes to become an educator mm-hmm. turned me into a different person. So it's great that I have the title master instructor or educator for NASM, but it's once those doors are opened, the person that walks through and the person who, who NASM basically turned into, which is, as the master instructor and in Aaron Drogaseski. And
0: so about that, I mean, that's one thing, Rick in, in Aaron. So, you know, I mean, I have very fond memories of us, Rick being down at, at wall street, videotaping each other, and giving each yeah. other feedback, and, and just recently I, I was, you know, had had the opportunity to speak in China. I was in, in Shanghai, China, and I honestly. I was using an interpreter, so I had to wait for a couple of minutes while the interpreter took what I said and converted it to Mandarin. It's
2: really and, for the jokes to land right when yeah, you have to It have does
0: it. It really does it. You <laughs> kind of see just, the people get, in the audience who wait. understand English when they, when, when you say it and you, you make a joke and some of the people in the audience kind of giggle a little bit. But then the interpreter goes through and there's no response. You're like, okay. <laughs> that didn't go through to Mandarin. Are but there But I remember... <laughs> I, I remember being in the room watching the video of each other where you would give me feedback. I'd give you feedback. And Rick, I use that to the, to this day. I think about body position. I think about awareness. Where am I giving a talk? You know, so I haven't, I've never said this publicly. And I want to say thank you because our work together really has helped me over the years do what I've had the opportunity to do. Now, I want to ask you this well, about being uh, master trainer does it help you? Cause Rick, I know you have a studio and Aaron. I'm not sure. Do you, are you a studio owner as well? How does being a master trainer help each one of you with your, with like your fitness business?
2: Um, well, uh, Aaron and I have, um, um, a recovery studio together. So it's basically like an athletic training room for everybody. Uh, so if you need a place to kind of recover from fitness or stress, then that's where you go. And I think that, Um, the, the title is one thing and it's nice to be able to say, you know, educator for this or that or whatever. But as Aaron pointed out, the education it took us to get to be an educator is what makes the difference. And so we can then take that information and provide it along many different lines and say, look, we, we have we've paid our dues but not only do we pay our dues and that's not really what it's about we've we've read the books and we've put in the study and we've put in the hours and we understand research or at least how to do it a little better so that we're not just pulling up information and saying i heard a guy who said this (laughs) uh or there's there's an individual that i heard on a podcast so because i like the podcast then this must be true but now we can go back and say look if this doesn't have peer-reviewed information to back up our recovery tools then we don't put it into our facility so it's more about the professionalism that we pull in um, to our business based off of our education
3: and we also talk about when we give tours there so we have several different modalities from uh, infrared saunas to pneumatic compression you know there's I think 10 different tools in there um, but our ability to employ some critical thinking and, and whenever I give it the tour I say what recover is? Uh, isn't a a room full of whats? It's the ability for the people in there to articulate the who, when, and why. The what is good for meaning. You know, we can employ the critical thinking because of our understanding of human movement science, uh, endocrinology, it, it, to to be able to to have a conversation. And you know, based on what you thought you may like, that you know, I'm happy to take your money and put you on that. Um, but based off what you're telling me and what happened, um, I really think that you'd be better off in this tool for this reason. You know, and be able to do that on the fly and and you know to be to be able to to be flexible and have conversations. I think that that level of professionalism uh, is definitely something that stands out when you come into our facility.
2: And now, Pete, I will say this. one of the things that made me more comfortable, opening a gym, which is separate from the business that Aaron and I have together, uh, is that I knew that through years of educating, uh, new trainers in New York city and from working with NASM and being able to host workshops, I would be able to get trainers in the door because they may know who I am. Um, and, uh, it, it worked a little bit. I mean, there were people that showed up and go, oh, I know you. You were in these videos or you taught my foundations workshop uh, X amount of years ago. So that was helpful. But realized that I, I can't open and sustain a business because people may have heard of me. So
0: and, and, and then it, it,
2: it helped, but it didn't sustain me.
0: Well, it, it got you that leg up. And then finally, and then unfortunately, I got a, I got a heart out here in just a minute or two. Um, sure kids and all that with schedules. But, um, the the last thing is people are so used to, to kind of crushing themselves and exercise when they hear about recover and what you're doing with the recover studio, how do they respond? What's their reaction to, wait, I don't have to come in here and beat myself up. I can come in here and feel better walking out. How do, how do people respond to that?
3: I think most, I mean, short answer is most people smile, you know, because there's a you know the, i mean the old adage uh, you know train smarter not harder so if we're talking about the way rick and i conduct themsel- ourselves ourselves uh, on the training floor or if we're talking about the approach that we have towards recovery uh, you know it's it's in win you know it's 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 purposeful it's not You know, another thing that I like to to say when I'm giving tours is a lot of places may focus on the journey. And while we are concerned with the journey, we're also focused on the destination. And if we can accommodate both, make it a pleasant journey for you, more importantly, get you the outcomes. And the outcomes don't have to be, you know, beat yourself to death. And, uh, you know, you don't need a super, super deep tissue massage that's, you know, and make you want to cry. You know, sometimes you do need that. But if there's an approach, and provide you know the ability to have your cake and eat it too have have peer reviewed research that supports these modalities that are for the most part a pleasant experience but also purposeful in delivering you the outcomes it becomes smart you know so i think a lot of times people have a hard time budgeting time for themselves. Well, I should be doing this and I should be doing this. I'll go to the gym because I know I should, uh, you know, but if, you know, but the notion of going to a spa, well, I can't do that because that's, um, that's indulgent, you know but if we create a place where it's not indulgent we are creating a, a, an environment where we are going to transform your life you're gonna work and play uh, and just live a better version of yourself we're gonna help you transform into a better version of whatever it is you want to be and it can be pleasant and sign me up
0: that's important I mean and I think yeah. people are realizing that <laughs> but, but but I'm gonna bring this back because I think I think Aaron Having the, you know, the the confidence that you gained, you know, the the preparation you did, the study you did and the confidence you gain as being a master trainer gives you the ability to help communicate that value and that importance to the average consumer. Would you, is that something you agree with?
3: No two ways about it. No two ways about it. You know the ability. You know we could have. The, you know I could answer this question for hours. But you know the ability to one have the foundation of education to know what what is going on based off the the information I'm being presented with the person, um, but the ability to communicate with with those people um, and to be present. You know, Rick talked about it on another podcast, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, answering the question that was asked versus giving the answer Mm -hmm. that you wanted to give is a matter of being present and really listening to the person in front of you. Um, You know, and I think often, uh, you know, people have a hard time doing so, especially if you're trying to sell something. You know, so for for the ability to do that, which 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 I was given through my onboarding, the ability to be in the moment and be able to pay attention to what's going on in front of me, have the foundation of information to give the person the outcomes that they're looking for, um, you know, that's invaluable. So that that definitely made. The person, you know, who is capable of being a co-owner in Recover NYC.
2: Well, and the other thing, Pete, I'm going to jump in here, and you have this experience too as being an educator, is that you can leave one company as an educator and be an educator at another company, uh, and you become valuable within the industry, and then uh, both Aaron and I and you have been able to parlay that over into a fitness based podcast yeah so you, you with, uh, with with it's all things fitness is that right all about all about fitness all about fitness and then uh, Aaron and I have the omnia fitness podcast which basically means the same thing yes. like every everything fitness um, and so to to then have the Uh, granted a platform through Everlast to present the Omnia fitness podcast, uh, has been valuable to us. And I'd, I'd very, very emphatically say that that would not have been provided had we not been educators, uh, in the industry and master trainers.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely guys. That's, that's perfect. And, and, you know, for listeners, I really, you know, I appreciate your, you're having me on the Omnia podcast and I respect what you guys are doing. And, and I really, man, I mean, it means a
2: lot that we're able to catch up like
0: this. And Aaron, it's a pleasure to, to meet you.
2: You're awesome, brother. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And thanks for sliding us into yours Thank at the same time. You. Hey, it's on hey,
0: that's- Obviously, you can tell that Rick Drogo and I were having a great conversation before I hit record for the Idea Empowered Entrepreneur podcast. Those are two great guys. And it's interesting to hear their input. And they're absolutely right. Becoming a master trainer is about the process. It's about pushing yourself. One of the best ways to learn is by teaching others. I'll say that again. One of the best ways to learn is by teaching others. That's why I got into being a master trainer many years ago is I wanted to learn more about fitness. And I have to admit, when I first got certified, I thought I knew everything. (laughs) When in reality, I knew almost nothing. But as I learned more, as I got more education, as I did more workshops, as I ultimately did a master's degree... You know, I went through the Gary Gray gift program a number of years ago. Learning more, you realize how much more there is to learn. If you want to be a master trainer, one of the best things about being a master trainer is it forces you to continuously learn, whether it's about a product, whether it's about a certification, is that if you're going to be standing in front of others, you have to really know your stuff. You have to do your homework. That's what Drogo and Rick were talking about. They had to prepare so they were ready to go out and teach for NASM. And if that's something you're interested in doing, if you want to be a master trainer, whether it's for a certification like NASM, for a product company like TRX, prepare, prepare, prepare. The more prepared you are, the better off your chances will be to get into that rank. And I have to tell you, those hours that Rick and I did for years teaching in the studios for New York sports clubs and Washington sports clubs gave us the skill and the ability. Those were our 10,000 hours. Those were our practice reps. So now when I see Rick at an IDEA conference, I see him every year at IDEA World and we catch up and we see each other at the IDEA Personal Trainer Institute. I love catching up with Rick and we always have a good time reminiscing about the time that we spent working together to develop our skills. That's why I want to have him on. I want to have Drogo on as well so he could talk about his experience. But I wonder Rick give you insight into what it took to get to that level. Because being a master trainer can help you enhance your career. It gives you a different revenue stream, so you're earning money outside of training clients, but it also gives you kind of a better stance. It gives you more confidence. Standing up in front of a room for your peers gives you the confidence to address any potential client situation and know that you can help them. Plus, clients look to you as more of an authority figure. Once your clients learn that you're teaching on the weekends, once your clients learn that you're responsible for educating other professionals in your industry, they'll listen to you a lot more. Trust me, they'll listen to what you say. Being a master trainer may or may not fit in with your business plan, but it can help enhance what you do in the industry. It can give you more confidence. It can help you develop additional revenue streams. It can also just give you more legitimacy and more visibility. That's something that Piercey can definitely attest to. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Idea Empowered Entrepreneur. I'm Pete McCall, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes.